BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News, time to hit it. Department of Justice, where are you on the electoral fraud? Jimmy Carter, where are you? Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before people, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Ram Ledger. Of the United States, and that this safeguard of vesting that authority exclusively with the state legislatures is the safeguard to making sure that corruption does not win. And when the vote of the people and the voice of the people is corrupted through influence, through fraud, then it is the responsibility, the duty, and the obligation, not just the choice but the actual duty and obligation of the legislature to step in and to make sure that you don't certify false results. Stop the tape. That's Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis is part of the president's legal team as headed by Rudy Giuliani. And and remember, don't believe this garbage in the mainstream media. What does the mainstream media always do? They've done it to me. They've done it for many, many years to me. But I'm not the story here. The president is story. And what has the media done to Donald Trump, President Trump, 45th president of the United States, for four long years? And that is attack, 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 right? When they don't have facts on their side, they attack. So they attack the, quote, credibility of Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis and, of course, uh, Sidney Powell. They're trying to... Make Sydney. I've seen some memes, and I don't care about the stupidity on the internet. But trying to insinuate that Sidney Powell is a crackpot, and I've said it before. I, I've said it again. Sidney Powell has been on this program many, many times. Sidney Powell is not a crackpot, and I've seen even some Republicans insinuate. I saw s- some so-called Republican in Atlanta, and you know who you are. This political consultant who at one point was on my program, and unless he renounces what he put on the internet, on Twitter, I believe, uh, he's not welcome on the program, insinuating that Sidney Powell is a nutcase. Sidney Powell is a patriot, and so is this Jenna Ellis, and so is Rudy Giuliani. They're going around the country state by state into the swing states, that is, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. These are the states that are in play right now. Georgia, 16 electoral votes. Pennsylvania, 20. Wisconsin, 10. Michigan, 16. Arizona, 6. You add all those up, by the way, 
and, and, and you take them away from Joe Biden's so-called electoral total or any kind of combination of a few, three or four of them, and you no longer have 270 for Joe Biden. And this is the crucial point, and I'll, I'll get to this uh, in a moment. But the bottom line is they're trying to educate state legislatures who are not educated, A, about the Constitution, and B, about what happened under their nose in their states using the Dominion software and, and allowing Democrats, partisan hack Democrats, to run the electoral show in their states. And what can you say about these Republican governors in these states? What can you say? I mean, at least Pennsylvania has the excuse it has a hack Democrat governor by the name of Wolf. But in Georgia and in Arizona, these were so-called solid conservatives when they were elected. This Ducey in Arizona who just, quote, certified the election results. Hey, Ducey, do you understand you have no role in this? It's like saying Graham Ledger certifies the election results in Arizona. It's meaningless. Ducey, same thing. Ducey certifies the election results. Go certify yourself away, Ducey. And the same thing in, in Georgia with this guy Kemp. Who the, what the hell happened to this guy? What a farce. A couple years ago when he was running for governor of Georgia, he came off of this strict conservative, this constitutional conservative, a shotgun toting, Second Amendment loving conservative. Now he's off the rails. Maybe he was off the rails then. He was just concealing it. I don't know, but I'm sick of this. I am absolutely sick of this. And it is incumbent upon the state legislatures, and you'll hear from Rudy Giuliani in a, in a minute on this, it is incumbent upon the state legislatures to understand the gravity of what's going on here. That the election has been stolen right out from under their noses. And they have to step up right now, right here, right now, per the United States Constitution, per Article 1, Section 2 of the United States Constitution. As Jenna Ellis pointed out, it is their obligation, it is their duty. Now, let's lay out the case here, all right? In Arizona right now, the lawmakers are calling for holding off on certifying the election results. Again, the, the governor can do whatever the hell he wants, but constitutionally and legally speaking, it's meaningless. So the legislature, after hearing from the folks on the Giuliani team and the witnesses that he brought forth and they brought forth, in particular, we'll hear from one uh, in a moment, a retired Army colonel who is a cybersecurity expert. His name is Phil Waldron. Hear, hear from him in a moment. So the lawmakers hear the Giuliani team and the witnesses and they say, well, wait a minute, we better not certify. It appears there's some election malfeasance here. And we can get down into the weeds. And we can get down into the evidence. There is a mountain of evidence in each of these states. In Arizona, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, and in Michigan. All those electoral votes cannot be given i.e. certified for Joe Biden. And all of these states 
have Republican-controlled legislatures. The hell with the governors. The hell with the attorneys general. The hell with the secretary of states. Again, meaningless in this constitutional equation. It is the state legislatures. And there's a reason the framers of the Constitution did that. You don't want to allow the power of our franchise, our vote, to be given to one man or one woman. You want it to be given to the people who are closest to the people. And in this case, it was to be the state legislatures. That's what the framers were thinking. Not one person, not one secretary of state, not one attorney general, not one rogue governor like Wolf or the nutcase Whitmer in Michigan or the weakling in Wisconsin or Ducey or Kemp. What a waste. What an absolute waste. So just like the way the United States Senate was initially set up, Right? It was supposed to be the state legislatures closest to the people that would elect the senators to the United States Senate. Of course, the 17th Amendment ruined all that. And we need to repeal the 16th Amendment and the 17th Amendment, in my opinion. So what do we have going on? So we have six electoral votes in play in Arizona. The lawmakers there are saying, hold on, we're not going to do this. We're not going to certify. Good for them. Michigan, what's going on there? There is a lawsuit, that's 16 electoral votes in Michigan. There's a lawsuit brought by the Trump campaign because of vote count abnormalities. And this lawsuit was brought after the state legislature or a committee, a subcommittee of some kind as part of the state legislature did an investigation. And here's the conclusion. I'm going to read it to you. It's a couple, three lines. The takeaway, this is Michigan now. This is Michigan. The takeaway is that based on the data files they examined, these experts came to one or more of the following conclusions. There are five. One, there are some major statistical aberrations in the Michigan voting records that are extremely unlikely to occur in a normal election. Number two, these anomalies almost exclusively happened with the Biden votes. Time and time again, using a variety of techniques, the Trump votes look statistically normal. So, you have these aberrations, as they call it, a.k.a. voter fraud in Michigan is statistically virtually impossible to happen. Yet, they happen in Michigan. And the legislature is saying, okay, this is the conclusion that it's highly unlikely that this would have happened under normal, natural voting occurrences. In other words, the votes were manipulated. Number three, nine out of the 83 Michigan counties stood out from the rest. Imagine imagine which one uh, fits in there. You think Detroit is part of that? Think Detroit is part of the nine out of the 83 counties that stood out? These counties showed distinctive signs of voting abnormalities. Again, all for Biden. Substitute the word abnormalities with fraud. All just happened to come down on the side of the Democrat candidate running for president. Number four, the total number of suspicious votes in these counties 
is nearly 200,000. It's a little over 190,000 votes, which greatly exceeds the reporting margin of Biden votes over Trump. Mainstream media, are you listening? Lower courts, Supreme Court, are you listening? Well, they won't take, we hear from the media, right? Well, they won't take the case. What's the point? It's a few votes here and there. Oh, there's always going to be some voting irregularities. Oh, yeah, there's going to be some dead people voting. But it's not enough to change the results. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 190,000 is within the margin of, quote, victory of Joe Biden over Donald Trump in Michigan. It's well with it. And this is what we know of, by the way. What do we not know? This is just the tip of the iceberg. Number five, these statistical analyses do not prove fraud. Of course, they have to throw that in there, right? Doesn't prove fraud. Well, what do you call it? What do you call it? Statistical abnormalities. It's fraud. But rather provide scientific evidence that the reported results are highly unlikely to be accurate and a reflection of how Michigan citizens voted. All right, mainstream media. Did you read this report? I'm just wondering. Did you happen to do your job? Did you do your job? Did you read this report? Did you read the conclusion there? It's statistically impossible to have happen what happened. We're hearing this from cybersecurity experts, from statistical experts, a gentleman I'm going to get to in just a minute, over and over and over and over again. And the mainstream media is reporting on the cabinet choices of... Joe Biden, the cabinet choices. Oh, look, it's an all-female uh, communications team in the White House. Woo-hoo! Let's move on. Pay no attention to these abnormalities that don't prove voter fraud, but they're really, really impossible to have happen. I would love to have the people at NASA have a look at this. We respect NASA. Maybe they can be the, the third-party arbiters, huh? Oh, no, that's Trump's NASA. All right, so that's Arizona and Michigan. In Wisconsin, there is a lawsuit right at 10 electoral votes. So if you're keeping score at home, six in Arizona, 16 in Michigan. I went to a state university. It takes me a little bit of time to do the math, but that's 22. Plus 10, that's 32. 10 is Wisconsin. There's a lawsuit right now over about 220,000 ballots that are being called so-called Abused, abused ballots. I don't know. What does that mean? You've punched the hole too hard? No, it means it's voter fraud. More voter fraud in Wisconsin. So that 32 electoral votes between Arizona, Michigan, and Wisconsin. All right? Now remember, Joe Biden did not exactly score a landslide victory in his electoral tally. Take these off the table, which brings us to Pennsylvania, home to maybe the greatest political malfeasance of this electoral cycle. And why not? Because Pennsylvania is 20 electoral votes. So you got 32 plus 20, 52. 52 electoral votes so far. We haven't even added in Georgia. That's another 16. So 52 plus 16, shame to carry the eight. That's Plus 16. I can do. I used to be able to do math in my head. 68. 68 electoral votes. That's a huge swing, right? Huge swing. 
And those are the electoral votes that we know of that are in question. God only knows what happened in in California. There are a lot of people out there running around saying that Donald Trump won California. But let's stick to the facts that we know at this point. And And I firmly believe beyond the audit that needs to take place clearly here, and, and the chain of custody questions that are swirling regarding Dominion, uh, there needs to be a revote. And I think a nationwide revote, quite frankly. I think we've only scratched the, the tip of the iceberg of the greatest electoral attack and hijacking and fraud in this nation's history. My buddy Daniel Horowitz over at The Blaze has a piece that um, talks about what's going on in Pennsylvania. By the way, Pennsylvania lawmakers are now disputing officially the election results. Good. This is their constitutional duty. Horowitz. New analysis shows Biden winning nearly impossible margins in mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. Okay, so Daniel Horowitz is looking at the mail-in ballots. We know that they counted... In Pennsylvania, 2.6 million mail-in ballots. One little problem with those 2.6 million mail-in ballots. The state of Pennsylvania only mailed out 1.8 million ballots. But they counted 2.6. Not only did they only mail out 1.8, but they only received back 1.4 million ballots. But they counted 2.6. Jimmy. Jimmy Carter. Are you listening to this? Here's a guy who ostensibly goes to you know, some third world country and says, ah, you know, um, that's my Bill Clinton. Jimmy Carter is more like Jimmy Carter, right? Uh, we, need to, we need to make sure this is a fair uh, election. Let me build some homes while we're down here third world country oh uh, that's not a fair election next time have a fair election guys jimmy where are you jimmy how about looking how about looking in your home state of georgia we don't even have to go as far as pennsylvania which is what we're talking about now why don't you just look at georgia Sidney powell is looking at georgia 16 electoral votes governor kemp why don't you bring in jimmy carter and head a blue ribbon team to investigate election malfeasance i do believe you have a couple special elections coming up in January. By the way, if we get an accurate vote count in Georgia, I bet you we have clean and clear Republican winners in those two senatorial races. So there's no need for the special election. If we count the real and legal votes in the Peach State. Back to Pennsylvania. So 1.8 mailed out, 1.8 Ballots mailed out, million. 1.4 received, million. 2.6 million counted. I don't know. Even somebody who went to a state university has trouble with that math, but apparently not in Pennsylvania. Apparently in Philadelphia, they teach this kind of math, which is not terribly surprising, is it, under a governor like that? There's a guy named, in in this piece from uh, Daniel, there's a guy named Gummy Bear, Uh, on Twitter, um, and he crunched the numbers and showed that had Biden won 95% of the returned Democrat mail-in votes. So he's just running these numbers, right? And he's figuring that that Biden's probably going to win 95% of the Democrat mail-in votes. Okay, that's fine. I'll give him that. I'll give him 100%, but he's, he's, he's running the numbers at 95%. 
21% of the returned Republican votes. Now, that's rather high, wouldn't you say? 21% of Republicans are going to vote for Joe Biden? I don't think so, but we'll go along with this. All right, so you've got 95% of the mail-in ballots from the Democrats going to Biden, and you've got 21% of the mail-in ballots going to Biden from Republicans. And 80% of the returned independent, so-called, declined to state, whatever, independent, So this guy is giving 80% of the independent vote to Biden. Joe Biden would still come up short of his margin for victory reported in the now still unofficial tally, if you look from a constitutional perspective. And and we got to applaud the lawmakers in the Keystone State for stepping up and saying, hey, we're disputing the electoral results, as they should. So the point is, If you give 95% of the Democrat mail-in, 21% of the Republican, and 80% of the Independent mail-in, so you give the huge, vast majority to Joe Biden, it still does not add up, mathematically speaking. Media, are you listening? Well, there's no uh, evidence of... See, they've, they've modified it now. It's, well, there's no evidence of voter fraud that would change the election results. Well, yeah, this kind of would, media. This, this, this kind of would change the election results. And so Rudy and company are on a fact-finding and fact-telling mission going to these swing states. He's been to Pennsylvania. He was just in Arizona. Hopefully he'll go to Wisconsin because Wisconsin has been dangerously quiet in, in, in my perspective. And apparently he needs to go to Georgia and educate the governor there. He tried to educate the governor in Arizona. Arizona governor didn't show up for this hearing, by the way. This was for the state legislature, as it should, as it should, because that is the constitutional prescription. Again, the, the, the governor has zero role in any of this. The Ducey comes out and makes a big statement. Oh, we're certifying the election results. Go ahead. Have at it. You can certify all you want, governor. It's meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. Same thing for Wolf. Same thing for Kemp. Same thing for the nutcase Whitmer uh, in Michigan. How about it? Certify away. It's meaningless if we follow the Constitution. And so Rudy has this guy, this retired Army Colonel Phil Waldron, who is uh, among the folks giving testimony, and he's done the forensic accounting and looking at the numbers and he's not had access to dominion but he's looked at the numbers numbers don't lie numbers tell a story and it's it's rather ironic but also fitting that a lot of the times they're going to the new york times website and looking at the numbers as the official newspaper of record if this is the official newspaper of record then these must be the official results And so why not use the numbers from the New York Times and they don't add up. And so this guy, this retired Army colonel, Phil Waldron, gave a lot of testimony on how the numbers just simply do not add up. But he also was questioned about Dominion and its software and the fact that this Dominion system was hooked up to the internet. Now, remember, remember, going into this election, we were told and we were assured that these systems were not going to be linked to the internet so some nefarious player 
could not come in there and jigger the numbers. Well, they were. They were hooked up to the internet. And now we know that they, they stuck these drives in. And, and Why would you stick a drive in exactly? Oh, we're just tallying the votes. We're just collating them. No nonsense. Absolutely not. Why shut down the machines for a while? Were they shut down? Apparently they weren't shut down. They were still counting, even though they were told we were going to shut down. Go home, observers. The observers weren't allowed to observe anyway, but just in case, go home, come back at uh, you know 7 o'clock in the morning, and we'll recount. While they were still counting. Were they just counting? No, apparently they were not. They were adding votes in garbage bags and toggles and, and putting these the synchronizing effectively these election machines, these Dominion rigged Venezuelan Hugo Chavez Dominion voting machines, linking them up, adding the number of votes that they need to put their guy over the top. Meantime, down ballot, the Democrats were suffering a bloodbath, an electoral bloodbath, except the guy at the top, which would explain a lot of these ballots coming in that would. Just had a check mark or an oval filled in for Joe Biden. And now we, all these little, little nefarious activities that took place at telling people, you know, even though they tell you use a ballpoint marker, right? When you get your absentee or your mail-in, use a ballpoint. Yet they were telling people who showed up in person, use a Sharpie. When they knew it would be rejected by the machine so they could go in there on a manual basis, and input whatever the hell they wanted, no matter how they voted. More non-existent voter fraud. So this guy, um, Phil Waldron, the retired Army colonel, was asked about this genius, Chris Krebs. He was the top cybersecurity guy at DHS who Donald Trump fired as rightfully show. So, remember, Krebs came out and said... Hey, this is the safest cyber election or cybersecurity election in the United States history. Huh? What exact what movie were you watching, Chris? This was your job. Of course, he was part of the swamp. So he's going to say, "Oh, it was wonderful." He's right there with Jim Comey saying, "We didn't do anything wrong. Everything was wonderful. Nothing to see here. Move on. Where's Hillary?" Right? So this guy, uh, retired Army Colonel Phil Waldron, was asked about Chris Krebs by one of the legislatures, legislators in Arizona. Roll tape. When we're talking about Mr. Krebs, Krebs, is that correct? Correct. Okay. He stated the uh, most secure election in history. He stated uh, we're not connected to the Internet. He stated no votes leave this country. This is all things he's stated. He stated publicly. So he used this website, correct? Right. So are you willing to say under oath that you have seen the connection to the Internet? You have seen it go offshore to Germany, Frankfurt. Are these things that you have personally seen and can say that is not true? Our, our white hat hackers, yes, they have that traffic in the packets. Stop tape. Stop tape. This is disgusting. This literally turns my stomach. It's not this Krebs guy. He's, he's the swamp. It's to be expected, right? But the fact that our electoral process was whitewashed through Germany, through the Internet, is disgusting. One person, one vote, as the framers of the Constitution intended, 
We don't know where in the hell this ended up. We know what happens or can potentially happen on the internet, washed through a server and then back to... This is insanity. Absolute insanity. So the white hat hackers, in case you don't know, these are good guy hackers. In other words, they go to a website or they go to a system and they try and check the vulnerabilities for us to make sure that, in this case, our franchise is protected. And it wasn't. It was corrupted. It was intentionally corrupted by, well, this is where the word conspiracy comes in, is doesn't it? What else do you call this? What else do you call a coordinated effort by Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona to shut down in the middle of the night, say, hey, we're going to ostensibly shut down, I should say. We're going to send everybody home, and then we're going to start in the morning. What kind of nonsense is that? Well, it allows Dominion or whoever the people were involved in this nefarious conspiracy to figure out exactly how much they needed to take away from Donald Trump and or give to Joe Biden to put him over the top in these important swing states, Pennsylvania in particular. And Georgia was just going to be the icing on the cake, but apparently they went a little bit overboard, but they're sloppy, right? The Democrat machine here in its effort to steal the election, got sloppy. And we got some smart people on this. And they're figuring it out, and we're piecing it together without the mainstream media. What, what was 60 Minutes doing last Sunday? Another hit piece on Donald Trump. I mean, they can't even let it go. They've just hammered this guy for four years. Instead of looking at the election malfeasance, they're hammering Donald Trump still. It's, it's as if I'm watching a movie that was maybe shot in the 1980s and it's talking about a future election in the United States being corrupted and you think to yourself, oh, that could never happen. Well, it's happening. And unfortunately, we're living it right now. This guy, uh, retired Army Colonel Phil Waldron, had a little bit more to say when the legislature was legislator was following up as to this guy Chris Krebs who was fired the top so-called top cybersecurity guy at Department of Homeland Security roll tape so why would he why would he make that kind of comment do you think either not knowing believing the myth um, or not wanting the truth to, to be known. Stop the tape. Not wanting the truth to be known. Not wanting the truth to be known. How else do you quantify this other than a conspiracy? I don't know if this guy Krebs was in on the conspiracy. But, and maybe he's just a charter member of the swamp. He might be. I don't know, but I know there was a conspiracy here. This defines the term conspiracy. When you have these key electoral states in play in a presidential election doing what they did. Don't believe me. 
Believe what the New York Times, the person the New York Times called the smartest guy in the room, a gentleman by the name of Navid Keshavarez Nia. Now, this is a guy who did cybersecurity. Uh, he was a contractor. He lives in California now, ironically, uh, for the CIA and the FBI and the NSA and all of these people. And the New York Times a couple months ago did a piece that involved him. It wasn't about him, but involved him. They called him the smartest guy in the room. When he walked into the room, he was the, always considered the smartest guy. And I want to read you from his affidavit. Now, this was filed by Sidney Powell in the Pennsylvania lawsuit that she filed. I want to read you a couple of quotes from his affidavit. I'm going to just use the, his first name, Navid, because his last name is so hard to uh, pronounce. So Navid writes this as part of his declaration. This is line or, or paragraph number 15. The vote count distribution in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia are not based on normal system operation. Instead, they are caused by fraudulent electronic manipulation of the targeted voting machines. This is a guy who did this kind of stuff for a living. Looking at, again, the data from the New York Times. He went to the New York Times. He also ran his own computer models. And he's got... It's about a 10-page declaration on behalf of this lawsuit in Georgia. This is the guy who did this for a living for the CIA, among other places. His conclusion looks like this. A sudden rise in slope is not normal and demonstrates data manipulation by artificial means. And he gives examples in Pennsylvania. Here's your smoking gun, mainstream media. Well, we need to know if it changes the election results. Well, here you go. It's right here in black and white. In Pennsylvania, for example, President Trump's lead of more than 700,000 was reduced to less than 300,000 in a matter of minutes. It's a miracle. The miracle that transpired in the Keystone State. An electoral miracle. And, of course, the governor of Pennsylvania says, certify them election results. Let's move on. Put your mask on. Lock down. You have no constitutional rights. So, Navid concludes with this line or paragraph number 17. And I am quoting. I conclude, this is part of a declaration, and you can download it if you want. It's case 2, colon, 20. Hyphen CV, and then it's kind of a long one after. You can Google this and find it. Again, the guy's first name is Navid, N-A-V-I-D. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Line, paragraph number 17. I conclude with high confidence that the election 2020 data were altered in all battleground states, resulting in hundreds of thousands of votes that were cast for President Trump to be transferred to Vice President Biden. Now, if that is not disenfranchising American voters, what is? Hundreds of thousands of people who voted either by mail or in person for Donald Trump had their votes switched 
from Trump to Biden. This is not me. This is the smartest guy in the room. Per the New York Times. The smartest guy in the room looks at the data and comes up with this conclusion. Do you care at all, mainstream media? Doesn't this kind of raise any kind of journalistic integrity that may be remaining in your bodies? He goes on. These alterations were the result of systemic and widespread exploitable vulnerabilities in the DVS, that is the Dominion voting system, software, and Smartmatic, same thing, Smartmatic systems that enabled operators to achieve the desired results. In my view, the evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible. Overwhelming and incontrovertible. And so where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us to what I've been saying now since the election, since November 3, but even prior to November 3, when we saw this coming, in particular in Pennsylvania. It is incumbent upon the state legislatures to step up now per Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution. And I think that Rudy Giuliani sums it up rather well with this roll tape. It's your constitutional power solely. You don't share it with anybody. That clause doesn't say Congress. It doesn't say governor. It doesn't say newspapers. It says the state legislature. And the Supreme Court has said you can change that and take that power back anytime you want to because it's your power. It's not theirs. Whatever power the governor or the secretary of state thinks they're exercising, it isn't theirs. It's the legislature's. You can take it back. Stop taking. So the, the crowd goes crazy, right? Because these are people, they're not Democrats. Democrats don't care. They want us to not to be doing this. They don't want us to be looking behind the curtain. So it's a partisan crowd there. In This is part of the Arizona hearing. And he's begging, he's pleading with the legislature to do his job. So we're pleading and we're begging. And it looks like maybe in Pennsylvania they're doing their job. And it looks like maybe in Arizona they're doing their job. So what about you, Wisconsin? What about you, Michigan? What about you, Georgia? For crying out loud, Georgia? Step up. This is your moment. Even if Jimmy Carter's not around. Even if he's not looking over your shoulder and saying, hey, there's malfeasance. This is your constitutional duty. It is your constitutional obligation to right an electoral wrong. And what does that mean? That means you will not certify these election results until there is a thorough investigation. And I don't think I don't think you can peel back this onion and get the actual results because there's been so much manipulation. There's chain of custody issues. The envelopes are destroyed. They didn't segregate in Pennsylvania the way Justice Alito told them to. On and on and on. There needs to be a revote. There's time. And if we don't hit it, forget about December 14th when the electors are certified. It ain't going to happen. It shouldn't happen. I'm not making any predictions. But December 14th should be just a day on the calendar and we move on because we need to have electoral integrity in this republic. And January 6th, same thing. That's when the Congress would ostensibly put their imprimatur on the Electoral College. 
that shouldn't happen either because I don't think we peel back this onion or we revote in time for either of those dates. And we may not hit January 20th, the inauguration, so-called inauguration day. And if that happens, okay, we put up with President Pelosi for a couple weeks. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It raises the hair on the back of your neck. But I would rather put up with President Pelosi for a couple weeks and get the real results and have a fair election than this to say, hey, move on. Nothing to see here. Uh, let's worry about it next election. That would be a huge mistake. And so my ledger register um, now through January 20th is going to remain the same. And that is who will be sworn in as president of the United States on January 20th, 2021. I have three choices for you. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and Nancy Pelosi. And I, again, I don't have a crystal ball here. I pray to God that the lawmakers follow the United States Constitution. That's all I can do. So to answer that question, go to GrahamLedger.com, and you can see my Fix California um, effort. And if you'd like to help out there and join the Army to Fix California, I know we're focused on the election right now, but maybe it's something you want to read down the road, or you can read it now if you're bored. Uh, also, um, if you'd like to uh, order just in time for Christmas my stylish uh, Ledger branded sunglasses, they come in this nicely uh, hermetically sealed uh, semi bag. There's a bag and then there's a bag within a bag kind of thing. And it's a nice little gift box, by the way, just in time for Christmas. We're going to have a no lockdown Christmas, at least at my house. And I encourage you to do a no lockdown Christmas and to help with all these ridiculous Dr. Fauci and Governor Newsom uh, orders. Where is the DOJ in all this? I just laid out the case. This just is a small amount of the evidence. Where is Bill Barr? This guy is supposed to be a constitutionalist. If he's afraid to do his job, a la Jeff Sessions, who is afraid to do his job, then Donald Trump ought to fire him today and replace him with somebody who's going to do his job. Where is the DOJ? This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs>